Hi guys, this is Mag, and this is You Don't Wanna Know, the podcast. So guys, I know I talked about how busy I was in the last podcast, but I'm still really busy, so that's my excuse. And I'm sorry, I'm moving my microphone. Um, I'm sorry that I'm just full of excuses recently, but... I hope you guys realize how legitimate it is. I am ready to pull out all of my hair because I'm so busy. Being a head coach is so much work, but it's okay. It's fine. It's no big deal. Um, don't worry about it. Don't talk about it. It's almost over. Um, honestly, it wouldn't be that bad, but I'm so new to tennis that I'm learning so much as I go. So it's not just like, okay, these are responsibilities. It's like, okay, here's your responsibilities. Learn all of this and then do it. And it's like, I can't do it. Just kidding. I am unbreakable. So I'm getting it done, which is awesome. And I feel really accomplished. I feel like I'm just moving flipping mountains doing this, honestly. But um, next week is state and I will be done. So it's very exciting to see an end in sight. So that is why I've been so delayed with podcasting. I literally use it like my spare time is when I podcast. So and it's so bad too. I probably said this last time. I feel like I did. But like I schedule out my whole week and I'm like, okay, in this hour I can do this. And then if something doesn't like fall into place perfectly, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to wait until next week to do it because there's no extra time. And then on top of that, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I got freaking hit by somebody. Somebody hit my car. I don't know how to say it like without sounding like I get ran. I got ran over. So I was going to a gas station and somebody legitimately backed into my car that I've had for three weeks. So that's another thing I've been dealing with. And it's like, I only have my prep time for work that I can like make phone calls and it's like an hour. So I'm like trying to do all this stuff in that time. Also, another crazy thing that happened to me, hold on, strap in guys. So I'm driving home, right? And I get to this yield sign and I see this like toddler walking on the sidewalk and I'm like waiting to see the mom round the corner, you know, chase after the toddler because toddlers just want to run away, I guess. But it doesn't happen. I don't see the mom. And I'm like, "Mm, better not go, better make sure this child is okay because it's my like humanly duty to be a good person, you know, whatever. So I'm just, I'm stopped and the kid comes into the road and there's still no person. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? So I turn off my car. The kid comes, this is like two years old, probably less than like almost two. He comes by my car. So I get out and I'm like, hi buddy. Like, I don't know how to talk to the kid. I'm like, hey buddy, where's your mom? Obviously he can't talk. And as soon as I like talk to him, he runs away and like laughs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going into the middle of the road. So this is in like a neighborhood. So it's not like a busy street. Otherwise I would have grabbed him right away. Don't think I'm a bad person. I'm a good person. So he starts running in the middle of the road. Like he was next to my car before and I grab him and I'm like, I have to, I don't have another choice. You know, I don't want to be weird and it's COVID or post-COVID times, so I don't really know how people feel about stuff, but I'm like, this needs, I need to pick this child up. So I pick him up. He is just having a good time at this point, like not realizing he put his life in danger, but then a car comes. And so we're a block away from actually a busy road, not like crazy busy, but busy enough to be considered busy, which sounds redundant, but it's fine. We're just going to keep pushing on. And I look at them and I'm like hoping for some stupid reason that it's the mom driving around for her kid. But I look at him, I think I looked panicked because this lady rolls down her window and she's like, that's not your kid. And I'm like, nope, I don't know who this is. So I look around and there's no adult outside because the world is a simulation. I'm just kidding now. So I look outside and I'm like, there's no one out here and there's no one yelling. Like, what's going on? Well, then what felt like five minutes, but in reality was probably a minute after like just being in sure, well, from the time the kid came up to my car, it was probably two minutes. But from picking him up, it was probably like 45 seconds. I see this man kind of like jog, not jogging. He was in like a hustle, but it wasn't like a sprint. And he seemed like super panicked and his face was almost white, you know? And I'm like, is this yours? <laughs> not like, is this your baby? Is this yours? Um, and he doesn't say anything. He just walks over and like, it's just, he, I know, I know exactly how he felt. I know exactly how he felt, you know? So 
he takes him and the baby starts or the kid starts laughing so i'm like okay yeah for sure and he's like yeah that's fine yeah 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 and he, uh, the kid's just laughing and he's like that's not funny you can't do that and i'm like oh my gosh that poor man so i get in my car and i like pull forward and i watch him like walk away and i see the mom he like walks to the mom and they walk to their minivan and stuff um and it was at his house but i was just like I wanted to make sure that like it wasn't just a random person because that was my fear is that it was just a random person because how do you know for sure but oh my gosh the kid was like a block away from his house and the another weird thing is that he was on the opposite side of the road on the opposite sidewalk so he walked super far so like I'm sorry to say this but like that was way too long like he should not have gotten that far you should have been able to see him walk down the driveway like I hate to be judgmental and like pass judgment on, but like, guys, come on. It's like, what were you doing? Come on. Keep an eye on your kid, especially that young, you know, like, come on. Ugh, it really bothered me and it stuck with me for a while. But yeah, that was a crazy thing that happened to me. So when you're driving, be a defensive driver. Don't be offensive or offensive. However you pronounce it, be defensive. Look around, look for things, be ready to react. Okay. Okay, that's my TED Talk. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. All right, now we have a part two to the true crime calendar. So if you guys don't remember, it is we were talking about the bog bodies of Northern Europe. This is part two, the Yeed Girl. And I don't think I'm saying it right, but we're just going to keep going. Um, so the peat cutters, and I feel like I know what peat is, just not currently. It's like all the way in the back of my mind. I'm not going to dig it up. Okay, so the peat cutters who found the Yeed girl in the Dutch bog in 1897 were initially scared away by her vibrant red hair. Feared they may, they may have happened upon a devil. But a letter published in a local newspaper about the discovery attached... No, not attached. Attracted the attention of archaeologists who excavated the 16-year-old girl's body. They later learned that she was actually a blonde and it was the tannins in the bog that had turned her hair fiery red. Very interesting. They also found that she had been strangled with a woolen belt and stabbed above her left collarbone sometime between 15 BC and 128 AD. CT scans revealed that she had scoliosis and the alignment of her right foot suggested she may have walked with a limp, leading the hip hypothesis, hypnosis is what I was going to say, that she had been sacrificed because what would have been seen as a physical deformity. She, oh, excuse me, her hair told another story. One side flowed down to her chest while the other side was shorn off. I don't know if that's supposed to be torn, but it's definitely spelled shorn off. This medieval mark of a cheating a cheating wife suggested the girl may have been killed because she was suspected of infidelity. Drama. Yeah, crazy. Okay. So, that's interesting. Okay, my favorite part. I hope it's your favorite part too. Let's go. Oh yeah. Satisfied. You will never be satisfied. Sorry, I'm just in a good mood. I, I like podcasting. Oh, there's going to be part three. Stick around for part three next week. And our final, final thing of business. Um, I feel like I didn't talk about this. I need to like write these things down. I saw Evil Dead Rises. My dude. Oh my gosh, I'm still scared. <laughs> I don't know when I saw it. So that movie is scary. I have never been that scared before. Movies have like given me jump scares and it's like one per movie, maybe. And most of the time it doesn't happen, but that it happens, you know, like I'm not too proud to admit that I get scared in movies, but that one I legitimately contemplated leaving multiple times because I was so scared and uncomfortable. So it was good. Great. Fantastic. And I realize now I have to watch Evil Dead, the first one, not like the old ones, because... I watched the second one and I feel like I just have to. I guess there's no like real compulsion, but I just feel like I should. Um, so I'll let you guys know about that. I probably won't watch it for a while because I need to build up to it because like I said, I'm still scared from the last one. <laughs> but it was so freaking scary. Oh my gosh. I, I literally couldn't find anyone else to watch it with me. I, it would look that scary and it was that scary. 
And then towards the end, it got like a little cheesy, but it, it's okay because the first part really got me good. It's very, very scary. And then um, now I just always assume that the mom is behind me. I'm up against a wall right now. So she, I mean, there's a little space, so she might be back there. I don't know. I'm not going to look. But like, so I work out in the morning and I get home every time I run to the door and I just assume like for some reason that mom is walking down the sidewalk, like waiting for me. Don't know why, but I just do. So I get in as fast as I can. I close the door. I lock it, you know, quick, quick, quick. Got to be quick. And then all of a sudden the dog jumps off the the couch and I I literally screamed. (laughs) It was so scary. (laughs) I thought it was like the mom, she somehow got inside from like penetrating a wall and it was crawling off the couch and just saying that now freaks me out so every time I go upstairs I'm scared um and I do it to myself because I literally think like you know it would be scary if she was just standing right there looking at me and then just ran at me and then I think about that and I'm like it's probably gonna happen and then I get scared so it's my fault don't feel sorry for me I literally paid money to be this scared (laughs) so this is the life I choose to live. So you're welcome. I hope you benefit from it because someone needs to. <laughs> then another fun binge that was suggested to me by one of my players, believe it or not, was called Why Women Kill on Paramount. And it's about three women living in the same house, but at different ages of life or not ages at different um, times. So like the I would say 40s the 80s and like the 2010s maybe I don't know something like that but it's really interesting I'm very sucked in I'm very emotionally invested so um I'm in a lot of pain right now another fun fact about me is that I used to not be able to have emotions sometimes it was weird this is a weird thing to say and I'm sorry but it's happening already I feel like I didn't express or feel emotions as much as other people like I still felt them you know but I was very like closed off as a person but movies and shows were like how I expressed it expressed it expressed them is what I meant to say or felt them I don't know so now as an adult I get way too into them like I can't watch shows about cheating people because I get so upset about it I'm like how could that person cheat on me even though I'm not even like a character in this whole thing so it's hard for me to watch shows nowadays and like continuations like movies it's an hour and a half whatever two hours and then it's over and then I'm I'm over it but shows you're like invested for a while and you feel that way for a while. So it's it's very interesting. I wonder if a lot of people have that or if I'm just crazy. DM me. Let me know. Instagram, Snapchat. Just kidding. Um, but for realsies, um, if you have anything you want to talk about, share uh, cases with me. You can uh, do that at ydwkpodcast at gmail.com. And that's if you have your own stories, if you have um, case suggestions. And then you can look at pictures on Facebook and Instagram. It's YDWK Podcast on Instagram. And you don't want to know on Facebook. So definitely do that. Cool. Okay, enough about me. Let's get to the case. So this one is a little, well, they're all bummers. Like they're all really hard to talk about sometimes. But here we are talking about them because they deserve to be talked about. So this one is the case of Emma Walker. Emma Walker was from Tennessee. She was an amazing girl. She was very, very young. She was in high school and she had so many aspirations. She wanted to be a neonatal ICU nurse, which is pretty intense. Like I, that, that's a very intense thing. So ICU, obviously intensive care unit and then neonatal babies. So taking care of intensively and taking care of oh wow that's stupid sorry taking care of babies that need very intense care like very very troubles so she was just it just shows that she has a great heart the fact that she wanted to do that stuff she also really loved animals so that's super sweet she was an honor student who was just always working super hard and you have to work hard to be a nurse so it just it all fits She was also on the cheer team and she was the only freshman to make it on the team. And all the girls on her team said that she just loved being there and she loved like being 
and I don't want it sounds bad but like the, she liked being in the spotlight like she liked attention but that's not a bad thing like you know as long as it's for the right reasons that's not a bad thing so everyone was just super impressed that she could be on the cheer team as a freshman and she just loved everything that she was doing so she had a boyfriend because of course she's a freshman on the cheer team she's gonna have a boyfriend guys come on like people are gonna be trying to scoop her up all day his name was William Riley Gall, but he went by Riley. They met her freshman year when she made the cheer team, and he was number eight, the wide receiver in football. He played a couple different positions, actually, but wide receiver was, like, his main one. So her parents obviously had to be introduced, you know, and they really liked him at first. They thought they were, like, per- perfect together. He was a good match for her. He was like a likable young man, very well put together, respectful, just great all around. Like the kind of person that you're, you hope your daughter to have, you know? And he, this like kind of cracks me up. So a lot of people described him as like, not your average jock. He was nerdy and he liked to play video games. And it's like when I was in high school, <laughs> every single jock, like every single boy, it didn't matter what social category he would fall, fell under played video games like just about every single one of them so I thought that was funny but he was described as like not your average jock you know so he just I guess he was smart and he liked video games so (laughs) that blew everyone's mind because jocks can't be smart and play video games whatever it's fine I just thought it was super funny um her friends uh thought he was kind of shy so they he just like really didn't speak to them that much And they were just thinking like, oh, he's just kind of a shy guy, whatever. But after a while, they kind of got concerned. They realized, or they at least felt like he was trying to get Emma away from them. And he didn't really want her speaking with them. So they realized that it wasn't him just being shy. He was just kind of a jerk. (laughs) Not a great person. Her parents even saw this and saw him like commenting on like certain things she was wearing, certain things she was doing, and they started to get worried. The couple were just constantly on and off. So at first it started off like the it couple that you wanted to be. And then it turned into like the couple that was always screaming at each other. Now, I don't know if that was happening, but that's just what I picture with like the couple that's on and off all the time is just fighting a lot and then like really high highs and really low lows. So like I said, they were on and off constantly and eventually everyone just kind of turned and started to not like this guy. So her parents really, really, really didn't like him. He, and this is like pretty messed up and this like big red flag. But when you're in that moment, you're like, oh, he he wants to date me. He was actually dating another girl when he saw Emma and he broke up with her when he saw Emma because he wanted to date her. And the issue, the biggest issue, because like, that's not great. Like break up with your girlfriend. Well, okay. I shouldn't say that. It's good on him that he didn't cheat. But here's where it's like, okay, no, dude, come on. He met her and he still took the last girlfriend that he broke up with to junior prom because he said he, quote unquote, made a promise. Some promises are meant to be broken. Honestly, just don't do that. I'm surprised that she stayed with him because like, that's just ridiculous. I remember when I was dating a guy and he was, he had a girlfriend and he didn't tell me. And then I eventually like went back or he broke up with her and got with me, like not got with me, but like dated me. And it like just completely went into flames. Like it was horrible, horrible relationship. He cheated on me. And I just look back at it now like, what were you expecting? That was so stupid. But I was a freshman. I was young, you know? So it's like, (laughs) duh, (laughs) come on. So red flags are there. Just don't ignore them. Don't think like, oh, it's coincidence. Oh, I'll give them another chance. No, especially not when you're young. Just look at them. <laughs> Take them for what they are. So they dated on and off. They were that couple that fought all the time. He, uh, Riley, eventually graduated because he was, I think a, he was a junior when she was a freshman. So her junior year, he was going away to college. Is that right? Junior? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was going to college. Um, he was a freshman in college and she was a junior and he she just eventually broke up with him for good she actually what happened was he was posting like pictures with other girls and she was like yeah this sucks get out of my life basically and she didn't say that but that's what i picture at least that's what i hope she said 
and her parents were so happy. (laughs) Like I feel that way sometimes too. Like when I, I see someone I love dating someone that's just not right. And you can't, you can like give kind opinions, but you can't be like, yeah, the dude sucks. You're just going to have to point out like, why did he do that? Like, that's not the best thing for you. Like, you don't deserve that, you know? And even in friendships too, here we go on a tangent, but you know, don't settle for bad friendships. I settled for bad friendships for so long and I got so invested in in them and I just couldn't pull myself away until they pulled away. And I realized how crappy they treated me, you know? So it goes both ways. Don't settle for anything less. Love yourself first and then set your standard and then make friends or find a relationship, you know? End of tangent. So, her parents were so happy. They actually grounded her at one point because I don't know what they were, what she did wrong. I think Emma's parents were a little bit protective, but that's okay. You know, like it's your life. It's her life. You can choose how you parent, but, um, they grounded her and they started to see the old Emma come back. She, the biggest thing they said was that she, um, started to like have dinner with them more and like socialize with them which is crazy (laughs) to think like a 16 year old girl could do that because when I was 16, all I wanted to do was watch movies in my room. (laughs) So that was a great memory of her that they got to have. Um, and she also texted a friend's, her friend, I don't remember her name, but she was like, yeah, we're done. Me and Riley are done. So she was a junior and he went to a college nearby, um, Maryville, Maryville College, I think. And he still played football and she was still cheering, but they just kind of went their separate ways and it wasn't too hard. It was good that they weren't in high school together because that would just be like super, super messy. So on Monday, November 21st, Jill Walker, Emma's mom, went to wake her up for school at 6 a.m. So anytime I say a date, I feel like it's just bad news. At first, her mom called her name and there was no response. And then her mom bumped her leg and there was nothing. And that's when she got worried and she found Emma had no pulse and her tongue was sticking out. So Emma's mom called the police right away and they got there as soon as they could. They at first didn't really see anything. They just weren't sure what happened. But um, investigators came and they saw um, a bullet hole outside. And then they went in and they saw the bullet hole through her, um, her wall. So this is kind of the crazy part. From the uh, the scene, they realized that someone was outside and they shot from the outside wall and got her behind her left ear where there was like a little bit of blood. So it's just, I don't know why that's so haunting to think about, but she was just laying in bed. Her bed was up against the wall. It wasn't like in the middle of the room. It was up against the wall and they shot her while she was sleeping. So that just, that is just such a haunting thing. And there's a picture of the bullet hole and like little, um, drywall, like powder next to her, next to her, or on her pillow, I should say. So it's just, it's really not a great thing to think about. So the police knew right away that it was not a suicide because of the fatal wound behind her left ear. So they started their investigation basically. Well, it was already started, but they started to look further into it, realizing it was not a suicide. They started asking her family if she had any enemies, if they had any enemies, who they thought could do this, what they thought happened, all that stuff. So first, her dad said that that night he heard the door slam twice, I think he said twice, and he got up to go check, but his daughter was sleeping and his son was sleeping, so he went back to bed. But that was weird. Eventually, one name kept coming back, and I think you guys know who it was. John Stamos. I'm just kidding. It was Riley. Riley Gull. His name kept popping up and everyone, everyone's um, kept saying that he would be the person that would possibly do anything. So Riley actually found out about Emma in passing um, from other friends. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't like passing. It was more of like on social media he found it. So he he shared one of the posts about her and he wrote in the caption, that's my beautiful Emma. Rest easy now, sweetheart. First Corinthians 13, 18. Be, or excuse me, 13, 8. Be sure to remind God of our verse. I love you forever and always. And I actually have that verse pulled up and it's 
I don't know if I'm just completely missing it, but it might just be this first line. The first line is love never fails, but then it goes on to say, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. So I'm not sure if it's the whole verse or just really that first part. The first part like makes sense to me, but the other part, it's like, is that a part of the verse that you want to remember? I don't know. So the police realized that they needed to speak with Riley. So they got into contact with him and scheduled him to come in to speak with them. And that same night that Emma had passed, there was a football game. I think it was like a freshman football game where they had a candlelight vigil and then they let a bunch of purple balloons go. I assume because purple was her favorite color. But oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't imagine doing anything after that. Like even now my heart hurts thinking about it, like for them, like having to put on a brave face, put on makeup, do your hair, do all that stuff for a routine. But at the same time, I'm sure they were thinking like, this is what Emma would have wanted. And I truly believe like, even though I, I don't know her, I never knew her, but I believe that that's the truth. Like that Emma would have wanted that oh man, she just seems like such a good person. It's just, all these cases are always just the best people. And that's just horrible to think about. So the police had heard that Riley knew about some threatening text messages that Emma was receiving a week prior to her death. And that was another thing that they were going to ask about when he was brought in. So on the Friday before her death, and it was Monday that her mom found her. um, So the Friday before uh, Riley had classes until 1 p.m. and then he visited his grandparents first. After his grandparents, he went over to his friend's Noah's house and um, slept slept over. The next morning, he texted Emma, or excuse me, sorry, Emma texted him saying that someone was trying to get into her house. She said, "I'm home alone, and somebody in a black in an all black, excuse me, walked down the street." And came to my door and rang the doorbell over and over again. I thought I was going to die. So basically what Riley says happened is that she was driving and she saw them and didn't think anything of it. So she just drove home and as soon as her car passed, he like ran up to her. So she ran inside, locked the door and then all that happened. So she texted Riley and she said that she was really scared. This text said, I hate you, but I need you right now. And then he said, I'm coming. I'm speeding. Just give me a minute. And these are all text messages. And I know you're thinking like, oh, you guys broke up. He's no good. Why are you doing this? Well, it was very fresh. They've been together for two years. You can't, it's never just like a clean separation unless it's something absolutely horrible that happens. So I, I 100% get it. I do. So after Riley got the message and he texted that, he dropped off his stuff at his stepdad's house and then went to her. At least this is what he said. So this is all like his account. This is what he's saying happened. So he got to her house and went to the backyard to check out the area and he didn't see anyone. He looked around and couldn't find anything. He got, um, and actually, so Emma was supposed to hang out with her mom, but she was too scared to leave. And eventually her mom just came back home because she wasn't going to wait around for her forever. So her mom gets home and she sees Riley out there. And she says that you need to leave because something I didn't mention, Riley was banned from their house and i'll get more into that later so riley he's like i'm not here to like be anything like i'm just here for support to be her support right now and blah 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 so whatever just typical dramatic teenager stuff so um her mom was like no you like you need to go get out and he like uh, like begrudgingly leaves so there was some footage actually of a masked person in all black walking around the neighborhood. So that was really happening. And that day her parents were like genuinely afraid and just kind of stayed by her side. I think she had to work or next something that day. She went to something and her parents followed her there. And then once it was time to leave, they followed her back home. So they were good keeping an eye on her all day. The detectives asked if they could see the messages from Riley's phone for that day And it was almost kind of like to see if they could just like dig into his phone, you know, because if you give it up, you can do whatever you want. They could at least. Um, But he said that he actually deleted everything from his phone because it was too hard to have. Little sus. Little sus, boy. Little sus. Whatever. No judgment. Um, So 
they were like, ah, oh, shucks, darn it. That would have been really great to have. And I think they said something like along that, those lines. And it was funny because I watched the interrogation footage and it was like, <laughs> that sounds so fake. Like, oh, shucks. Oh, darn it. I really wish I could have had that. You know, like I'm pretending to be on your side. I'm pretending like there's no motive behind what I'm saying, but there definitely is. So at some point he goes back to his friend Noah's house, like later in the day and he spends the night into Sunday. Sunday, he goes back to his grandparents' house for like a minute and then he goes back to Noah's house and then he goes back to college around 11.30, 11.45 p.m. And at that point, <laughs> for some reason, he starts doing homework. And I'm like, dude, go to bed. <laughs> what? He tries calling Noah, or excuse me, he tries calling Emma from his friend Max's phone. But once she realized it was him calling, she hung up on him and then she blocked him because she just did not want to talk to him. So then he goes to log into his computer and he realizes that he is still logged in at his grandparents' house. I guess he logged into his college computer or his college email at his grandparents' house and it was super late and he didn't want to wake them up. So he drove all the way back and I'm pretty sure they lived in Knoxville. I'm not sure. Well, I'm assuming Maryville College is in Maryville, but never assume. So like I said, he drove to his grandparents' house to log out. And he made a point to say, and my grandpa was still awake and he saw me. So you can ask him. He saw me get on the laptop and log out. And then he drove back to campus and it was like around 1 a.m. And he said that he sat in his car and cried for about two or three hours until he fell asleep. And then he woke back up and that's when he heard the news about Emma. So if you didn't catch that, if you want me to backtrack really quickly, I can. Um, he said that he cried in his car for two or three hours. Oh, and he said specifically, I'd done this before. I'd done this before. He specifically said he wept in his car, which I think is an odd word to use. And I don't know if it's because I'm a northerner and I usually just say cry, cried. But he said he wept. And not a lot of people use the word wept up here. So maybe it's like a southern thing. I don't know. But the police officers questioned it too, if you're questioning it now. Very weird. Um, but this is the eerie part. When he's talking about all this stuff, he has no emotions. Not a single one. This is the same day that Emma died. That Emma was killed. And he's like, I wept in my car and then I fell asleep and then I woke up and that's when I saw the post that she was dead. She was gone. And another thing about her, her ooh, ooh, sorry, another thing about his interview, he never really said her name, like here and there maybe, but he usually referred to her about like, referred to her as like the girl, that girl, her, never Emma. So it was like he was very detached to the situation. Very, very odd. So his mom and his grandma came to pick him up after he found out about this and they went back to his grandparents' house. And Riley, I should mention, Riley was raised by his mom and his grandma, grandparents, sorry. So they came and picked him up and then the police called and asked for an interview. And that's kind of where they're at right now. He, the police asked if they had, or excuse me, the police asked if Riley had any like kind of idea what had happened. I don't really know why they asked that, but they did. And he said that he had heard rumors that she had passed away in her sleep that maybe it was suicide and then that a stray bullet got her and then he went into detail how an, an like a stray bullet coming coming in was outlandish like crazy and he's like oh, i don't think that was true though that that one had to be a lie that couldn't be real and i just thought that was kind of weird the police asked if she had any enemies that would want to do this and he brought them back to the guy that was walking around her the neighborhood he like talked about that and what went went on and all that stuff and the police were like, okay. They asked Riley if anyone would want to hurt him, which is weird. But then he said no. And the detectives kind of went a little further into the question. They're like, anyone want to hurt you, kidnap you? And he goes, kidnap? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, I was kidnapped last week. I'm sorry if that hurt your ear, but I just dropped my microphone because what the heck? Like, why, why would you be so cavalier about that or not cavalier, casual about that? Like, come on. Like, 
Oh yeah, I was kidnapped last week. You know what? That slipped my mind completely. Oh my gosh. You know, like, thank you for bringing that up. I would have just forgotten about that completely. Why wouldn't you say that, dude? You're an idiot. Oh my gosh. So the police were like, yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's something you should tell us about that. So it was Friday night before Noah's house. So he had already talked about this day to the police in this interview and he skipped over it like it was tying his shoe. What the heck, dude? So he's like, um, he went, it was before he went to Noah's house. He was at his stepdad's house and this van pulls up across the street and two guys get out and they're just walking slowly towards him, but he doesn't think anything of it. The guy grabs his face and brings him over to their van or whatever. Specifically, he says, to their van or whatever. Like, what? What? I mean, like, they dragged me over to their van. Not to their van or whatever. Like, ah, uh, this is just so bogus, you know? Like, just the what he's saying. And he he's not... Okay, so this is how I imagine I would talk about my kidnapping. I was kidding. They grabbed me by my face and they pulled me and I was trying to get away, but they were so strong and they threw me in their van. And he goes, there were two guys. They came out of the van. I was standing outside of my car. I didn't really think anything of it. And they grabbed me by my face and pulled me into their van or whatever. I, I wish I was joking, but that is exactly how he said it. Like, you're an idiot, dude. I'm glad you're an idiot, but you're an idiot, dude. Come on. <laughs> so that is the very casual kidnapping that there people are doing nowadays is casual kidnapping, you know, whatever. So he doesn't know what time it was or where he even went. He said he doesn't even really remember anything about it and he didn't tell anyone about it. Well, he told like two people, I think. So he just was like traumatized or something like that, even though he's acting like he's perfectly fine. He said he didn't want to talk about it either because he was traumatized. So he really barely, barely talks about this and he doesn't give any detail. And a big thing that um, I like to, I, I want to point out, and I know you guys didn't watch it, but during this whole thing, I like I said, he just talks about it like he was going grocery shopping. There's no emotions with that. And I feel like if it were a real thing, what, and he says he's traumatized by it, he would have emotions tied to it. But I guess people grieve in their own ways. I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> that's the detail about Friday night that he skipped out on to the police. So he said, but these are things that he does remember. He says that the people asked him who he wanted to speak to before he dies. And he said, Emma. So the kidnappers used their phone weird that they used their phone to send text messages and call Emma. Oh, at first, I think actually at first they used Riley's phone. That wasn't very clear, but she didn't respond because she's over Emma or she's over Riley. Um, so then they used their phones, supposedly. And Emma thought it was like all a big joke. Now, Emma that night was actually at a party. Her parents let her go to a party because she was doing so well they were having a good time like speaking and socializing. So they're like, you know what? After the football game, you can go to the party. So Emma was at the party when she was contacted. She got all those messages and she was actually kind of freaked out by it. And it, they kept saying like, go to your car uh, with your keys. Go alone. I've got someone you love. If you don't comply, I'll hurt them. This And this all really freaked her out at this point. Like at first when he called her, she thought it was a joke. But now she's like worried. So she told her friend Zach about what was happening and he and a couple of other people were like, okay, let's go together, which like, <laughs> sweet of you, Zach, but call the police. Like, what are you going to do if this guy has a gun? Absolutely nothing. You're probably going to die. That wasn't the case in this situation, but like, no, call the police. If this ever happens to you, call the police. Just short and simple. So she found Riley gagged. Well, okay, so it's weird. I heard that he had his head in his hands, passed out, gagged. There was a lot of different things. So she just found him. And she was like, why are you here? And he says, I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got here. I've been kidnapped. Someone dropped me off here. I don't know what's happening. Where am I? How did I get here? And he was holding his head. like He was holding his head like he had some kind of head injury. And it was just very weird. 
And she said specifically, we broke up, leave me alone. And then like turn around, went, went back to the party. But it wasn't like a, we broke up, leave me alone. It was more like a, we broke up, leave me alone. And that, like when you really, like when you just say that and go past it, it's like, okay, whatever. But when you actually like dig into that, it's like, she's been tormented. Leave me alone. We broke up. We broke up. Leave me alone. It's like, he's just he's hurt this girl like he has tormented her and she just wanted him out of her life she wanted him to leave her him alone she wanted him to leave her alone because he's been just a nightmare for her and that's hard to think about that a 16 year old has to deal with that so zach was actually really worried and he stayed with him for a minute and he asked riley if he wanted to call the place and um he was like no no place at all Riley had, or excuse me, Zach had specifically said it, it sounded like he had been crying. So eventually Riley just gets up and goes to Noah's house, like nothing had happened. So the police ask Riley about another conversation that he had with Noah about getting rid of fingerprints from a gun. Weird, right? Yeah, right. Okay, sorry. (laughs) So Riley said that his roommate asked him how to clean smudges off the gun and he was like Riley was like what do you mean smudges and um the the roommate's like oh you know like fingerprints and stuff like that off the barrel and he's like oh I don't know and then he like calls his friend Noah and he asks Noah as well like it was he like brought it up at some point and Noah's like I don't know that's weird and Riley goes it is a weird question, but it's not my question, but you were the first person on the phone, so I asked you. And it's like, you just sound so dumb right now. Yeah, 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 no, 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 it's a weird question. It's a weird, it's not, it's not my question. I just, I was asked it, so just stupid. So the police asked about a different gun, Riley's grandpa's gun, who report he reported it missing on the 20th. So Riley went and it was, actually, excuse me, so it was reported missing the 20th, which was the same day that Riley had his grandpa's car. So Riley and his grandpa switched cars for about an hour so his grandpa could change Riley's oil or get his the car car's oil changed. He didn't change it himself. Sweet of him, right? That's very sweet, especially because he's a freshman in, high, in college and it's like, you know, I'm not even going to pass judgment because I feel like I had a different upbringing where I like took responsibility for that. So like, whatever, it's not weird. So once Riley's grandpa came back and he starts going home, he realizes that the gun was gone. And uh, Riley said that he never went in his car. He was just studying the entire time and he didn't even have a key. So the grandpa took the keys to the car. He kept his key to the um, the car as well because he had, the grandpa had the spare and he needed to get back to his room just in case like something happened. So again, he says that he never went into the car. So he couldn't have gotten the gun. He never touched the gun. He didn't know where it was. And the police tell Riley, well, we know that your grandpa's gun was used. We have determined that that was the gun used to kill Emma. And then they go, so who do you think would want to steal your grandpa's gun and shoot that at that house? And he's like, I have no idea. I have no idea. So they realize that this kid is just not breaking. He's not going to give any information. So they send him on his way. And Detective James Hurst, who was in the interrogation room with him, later says to ABC, When I first met him, I thought he might have been a grieving boyfriend. But when we got into the interview and sat down, I felt like he there was a dark side. He didn't have a whole lot of passion or concern. So it was like eerie the whole time. During the interview, like I said before, he never used her name or very seldomly used her name. Only the girl, quote unquote, the girl. And every so often, the police would like be like, "What? who's the girl? And he'd be like, Emma. So like just very detached, like I said. At some point during Riley's interview, two friends of Emma came forward. And those two friends were Alex McCarthy and noah walton and if you're wondering why noah sounds familiar that's because it's the noah that he had been hanging out with like every second while he was at home so they were also really close friends with riley and i couldn't figure out for sure i think alex might have been the roommate but i don't know for sure so they said 
that Riley had been very sus, had some very weird behavior on November 19th, one day after he said he was kidnapped. Oh, so he told Emma that he was kidnapped and she didn't believe it. And he told Noah that he'd been kidnapped and he didn't believe it either. So um, he said he told them that he stole his grandpa's gun and they told the cops all of this information. They were so helpful. He made the excuse that he was scared for his life and Emma's life. And that's why he had to steal the gun. And this was after the whole, well, was it after? Oh, it was after the whole kidnapping thing. That's why he did it. So that was his excuse. Riley even showed his friends the gun that he got. And once Riley was out of the interview, he texted the friend that he talked to about this. And he said, he was like, why did you write me out to the police? And the friend, I love his response. He was like, well, if you're innocent, you have nothing to worry about. I don't know why you're freaking out about this. And it was, it was like, good for you, man. Like, way to have morals, you know? So the two friends, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy, guys. The two friends agreed to a sting operation against Riley to invite him over and rat on him and, like, get him to confess something. These two college boys. How cool is that? Like, that's wild to me. Good for them. So the two friends invited Riley over to their house to play video games the next night. So this is Tuesday, the day after Emma was killed. Riley, before he got to their house, he called one of the friends and asked to speak with them. And there's video and like footage of this happening. And he, you can hear him like pick up the phone and then he hangs up and he's like, dude, why does he want to speak to me? Why just me? And it's so funny because it's like, it's probably nothing. Because he has no idea what's happening. But, uh, well, he did talk to the police, so, like, I kind of get it. But it was just really funny the way they reacted. So it ended up being nothing. And the police are listening to this the whole time, too. So the conversation, alone with the other guy, ended up being nothing. I think it might have been about how he talked to the police about the gun, but I don't know for sure. So they get in the um, room, wherever they were. They sit on the couch, and then they just start having a conversation about what happened, which that would happen. I could definitely see that happening because um i've had stuff like in my hometown where it was not the same case but it's similar stuff happened and it's what we talked about it's a small town you know that's just kind of what happens so they were talking about how it doesn't make sense that she was shot by someone else because if she was she would have yelled or moved around if someone shot her and riley was basically saying that it was her that shot herself like there was no way it doesn't make sense because she wouldn't be in the same position if she was shot like she wouldn't die right away and they have <laughs> they're just like college boys who have no idea what they're talking about but they're he's like no 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 no. i have this figured out it's not possible she just she tried to kill herself which is a horrible thing to say first off and second off like you're an idiot and that's all the points i need to make on this <laughs> Yeah, okay. So where was I? So they're talking about her murder and stuff like that. And while Riley was being interrogated, the police told him that his friends knew that he had a gun. And he asked, so he said that, the police said that while he was being interviewed. And he asked Noah and Alex to redact their statement and say that they were drunk and high. So like to the police to say, he literally said like, say you're on acid or something like an illegal drug and say that I was the only one sober. So me, Riley, I was the only one sober and you guys don't actually know what you're talking about. And his friends here, Riley's like, I trust you guys with my life. You know that, right? I'm trusting you with my life right now. And then he goes, are you guys busy? So he's just kind of all over the place and you can tell like he's getting really nervous and he's kind of cracking, but he's like, are you guys busy? And they're like, no, I don't think so. I think we're pretty pretty open. And he's like, I want to get rid of this gun by throwing it into the Tennessee River. Will you guys drive me to the bluffs? So it's weird to me that these he would know, like it, Riley knows that they ratted him, ratted him out to the police for having a gun. But then he asks them to help him get rid of the gun. You know, it's weird. So maybe maybe Riley's trying to add some kind of guilt to them, like give them guilt because either he would make them hold the gun so their fingerprints would be on it or it's an accessory to disposing of a murder weapon, like who knows. And then he reiterates, the only reason why I had this gun was because I was scared after the kidnapping and I would never kill Emma. And Noah literally says, 
well, I don't believe you about the kidnapping, but I believe that you didn't, you wouldn't take that step and shoot her or something, something along those lines. But he literally said, I don't believe that. So he, and they're so casual about this whole kidnapping thing. So it makes me think that like he had, this is not the first time he's pulled a stunt like this. Maybe not kidnapping, but <laughs> I don't know what would be in the realm of that, but it obviously has to be something if they're so like, no, dude, shut up. You're lying. Like, that's so clear. You're lying. It's just so weird. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he doesn't, he hasn't done something like this because another thing that would be weird is just him not wanting to speak to police, you know? So I don't know. So they, um, they agree to going, but he's like, I gotta make some hot pockets first. I'm so hungry. And it's like, what a teenage boy, you know? <laughs> Let's dispose of this murder weapon after the Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets are number one on my list, you know? We got to get that done. So they get the Hot Pockets, obviously. Box checked there. And then they start driving to the bluffs, but they make a stop for fast food because Hot Pockets were not enough. And these boys, you can just tell they're trying to stay calm. They're doing a great job, honestly. They are really just incredible doing such a great job. And Riley takes out the gun when they get there and the boys are like, oh my gosh, that's a real gun. And I don't know what they were expecting because they, they've they seen the gun before or maybe they just talked about it. I don't know for sure, but they were just shocked. Maybe they were so shocked because they didn't believe that this could have happened. Maybe they accepted this job, this task, because they knew their friend was innocent and they were helping prove his innocent innocence. Excuse me. But once they saw the gun, they realized it was real. Maybe that's what happened. So just a few minutes after they get there, um, oh, well, I should say, he asks to see the gun and he's like, no, 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 don't touch it. I don't want your fingerprints on this. So they're just talking um, very shortly, very briefly. And then all of a sudden the police come out and they tell him to get out of the car. And then Riley is arrested and Noah and his friends are fine. And the officer literally goes, damn right, boys, damn right. And sorry for the language, but it was just like, it was like job well done. We got the bad guy. So it was really cool. So obviously they found the gun and it was Riley's grandpa. And it, like I said, it was the one that was reported missing. And another thing that police found was a black outfit in his car. Riley was the guy walking around the neighborhood. I kid you not. And people close to Emma or people that knew uh, Riley, I should say, said that they saw him walking around in black. So he was trying to scare Emma and his plan worked because she texted him. And when his mom came back, she was like, no, it was you doing it. Like, I'm not stupid. So that's another reason why they know Riley does stuff like this. This has to be. Sorry, I don't know if it's just me saying it out loud and coming to the realization that he just does stuff like this walk around in black pretend to get kidnapped like this is just typical riley behavior he's terrible and so i'm sure you're wondering how did this happen it just sounds like a normal high school relationship well let's pull back the curtains let's take off those rose colored glasses and let's peek in a little bit further into the relationship shall we okay so people close to emma like i said they did not like riley because of how he acted he was possessive and he was jealous and it wasn't the kind of like high school jealousy. It was the mentally ill kind of jealousy, the kind of narcissistic, possessive jealousy. Not good. Not good. He was so hot and cold that he would send horrible text messages and social media things saying like, I hate you. I hate everything about you. And these are quotes. These aren't just similar things. He also said, you're the biggest B word, I'm not going to say it, I've ever come in contact with. And this is what really scared her parents. He sent this over Snapchat. He said, you're dead to me. Check the obituaries. I'll check the obituaries. F you. But he didn't say F you, if you know what I mean. So her mom and dad saw this text message and they were like, he cannot come over anymore. He is done. You cannot talk to this guy anymore. So they took her phone. They confronted her and he just would get so angry you know but then of course with this type of behavior with this type of person for every single horrible thing he says he's also gonna say the sweetest thing ever 
that makes him a fallback for him because he's a master manipulator. Her parents eventually said, like I said, that he was not allowed around anymore. And they took her phone. And it was like the classic thing where he would say a horrible thing and then say, Emma, I'm so sorry for how I acted. I love you more than words can describe. And this is a high schooler. I don't know if I'm just being crazy, but that just seems so young for this scary, honestly scary behavior. Very scary. So they would go back and forth. They would break up and then get back together. And like I said, he had like these really high highs and really low lows. One time he waited outside of the supermarket for hours just trying to stalk her to talk to her. And one of her friends were like, was like, you know, this is not normal. This is weird. This is not good behavior. And Emma played it off just by saying like she had her own thing. She did her own things too. When, when she says that, I'm like, no, you don't, Emma. That's just what he told you. Like he made you believe that lie that you have your own quirky, crazy things. You don't. You have nothing that compares to this. This is too much, you know? So you might be wondering, like, how did they keep in contact when Emma's phone was taken away? Riley gave her an iPod touch so they can talk on Wi-Fi. So he was just controlling everything. And honestly, he probably was happy that she got her phone taken away so she couldn't text anyone. And he probably could hack into some, I don't know, I'm just assuming a lot, but probably like see stuff because he gave her the ipad i don't know but at some point it was too much for her and she also saw the other snapchats of other girls and she ended it ended it and this is when she started coming back to her old self and her parents saw the old emma the sweet kind like wanting to be around her family emma well when she ended it with riley he actually tried to take his life and took a bunch of vicodin but he was saved and everything was okay so the police knew at that point that he was the guy that their horrible toxic relationship was kind of the big red flag to yeah this is our guy he's the one that had to have done this and they got him so on in may of 2018 riley went to trial and his defense said that he shot those bullets to get her attention and he didn't mean to kill her. But it's kind of weird because if you don't remember, let me refresh your memory. He said that he got that gun because he was scared for his own safety. But now he's saying he did it. He got that gun because he wanted her attention. Liar. If you do say so myself, he's a liar. The whole thing they were trying to say was that he saw the way that she came to him when she thought that scary guy was walking around the neighborhood, which was him, and he wanted her to reach out again. So that's why he did that. But it's, it just, obviously that doesn't make sense. I don't need to explain to you guys that it doesn't make sense because I'm assuming no kindergartners are listening to this podcast. So it's very clear. And I know I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. His friends saw him walking around the neighborhood in his like little outfit, his black outfit, and he still denies doing that. Even though he was seen wearing black, he f- was found with a black outfit, but he said he doesn't do this. So it's like, hmm, kind of strange. So it was on the seventh day, five hours after deliberation, the jury found that he was guilty and sentenced to 51 years for first degree murder of Emma Walker, the beautiful soul, Emma Walker as well as stalking, reckless endangerment, theft, tampering with evidence, and possession of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felon. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. So, in 2021, Riley filed for acquittal based off of insufficient evidence. That was the biggest thing, as well as, and I'm going to list this off, so get ready. That the court erred in denying Gall's objection to cover or to coverage law and crime. That the court erred in denying the motion to sequester the jury. That the court erred in permitting Bobby Jones to testify as forensic expert. That the court had erred in permi- permitting Jones's reaction and exhibit exhibit and do introduced the trial. Yeah, 
introduced at the trial, sorry, um, the, that the trial court erred in permitting the introduction of the scene photographs of Emma Walker's head. And then that the trial court erred in overruling Gold's objection to the state's introduction through uh, Detective Merritt, Merritt, I think it's Merritt, of edit, evidence, re- wow, I'm sorry, evidence regarding Call of Duty and wall banging, but was denied. So I don't know what that means, but that was something that they did. Okay. So I'll read that again because that's weird. That the trial court erred in overruling Gall's objection to the state's introduction through detective merit of evidence regarding Call of Duty and wall banging, which I'm assuming is a video game. But it was all denied. So then, after it was denied, he filed for a retrial. And that was also denied. So he is in jail. He will be in jail for a very long time. So what was that? That was 2018. And he's in there for 51 years. Serves him right. So on March 24th, which unfortunately we missed, guys, but put it in your calendars. It is Emma Walker Day. And did you guys hear that noise? That was kind of scary. Maybe it's the mom. Oh, gosh. Don't like that. Okay, so March 24th is Emma Walker Day. And this isn't the anniversary of her death, but it is the anniversary of the first day they raised money for a scholarship at Emma's old high school. So they used that date to remember her. And this is a quote from her mom, which is just so sweet. It says, this is just an extra day, a plus, for people to remember her positivity and to remember the reason Remember her reason of being kind and thoughtful and kind to others and not just uh, to remember her and be sad, but remember the happy times. So Jill wants that day to be full of random acts of kindness because that's what Emma did was just to be kind. And she also says, it's just little things that people realize, oh, it, oh, that is so sweet and so nice and it could really make an effect on that person's day if they're having a bad day. So it's just a day to do random acts of kindness to brighten other people's days. And this is, um, her, oh, and then, oh my gosh, guys, her mom is so sweet. Her mom had a dog park and a NICU unit named after her because she loved animals and she wanted to be a, uh, neonatal ICU nurse. So she named that after her. And this is a quote from Mrs. Walker, Jill Walker, her mom. She says, if your boyfriend or girlfriend is telling you you can't go there or what to wear or who to hang out with or who to talk to, it's not okay. I think when they become quiet and withdrawn, it is a big sign. It's not just bruises. It's emotional and controlling. So guys, if you or someone you love, and this sounds like a commercial, but this is important, is having struggles if you see the isolation if you see the control help say something don't just walk away you can text start to 88788 or you can call this helpline 800-799-7233 and that is for abusive partners because abuse is not just physical it's mental as well people hurt people in so many ways so Keep your eyes open, stay close to your friends, hug some babies, pet some dogs, and put March 24th in your calendar as Emma Walker Day. Remember how sweet and kind Emma Emma Walker was. All right, guys, I think that was like a nice little note to end on. Um, March 24th, don't forget it. If you want to, if you want to send me case suggestions or what else can you do? Um, Talk to me about stories that you have. The email is ydwkpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to see pictures of Emma's beautiful face, because Emma was gorgeous. Oh my gosh, she was so pretty. But I know, like, that's such a stupid thing to say, but she was gorgeous. But she, like, if you want to see the face, because I like doing that, I like seeing faces. Or if you want to, like, throw up in your mouth and see Riley's face, you can see that on Facebook and Instagram. That's ydwkpodcast on Instagram, and you don't want to know on Facebook. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.
didn't hear you there. This is Amy. And Lexi. And we're coming at you from Confessions of Retail. All the tea. If you're a retail employee like us, then you know that there are some crazy, off-the-wall things that happen in your line of work. Join us every Wednesday while we spill all this hot confessional tea on the line of work known as retail. Everything from our own experiences to listener-submitted stories. And let me tell you, there are some crazy things that happen that even we can hardly believe. I know, right? You can find us on any major podcast directory. You can join us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on Twitter. And if you have hot tea to spill, you can send it our way to confessionsofretailallthetea at gmail.com. We will see you in the confessional booth.